Rabbi Jonathan Sachs says that one way just to is just to think, for instance, of biodiversity. He's talking about how we think of God. The extraordinary thing we know, thanks to Crick and Watson's discovery of DNA and the decoding of the human and other genomes is that all life, everything, all the three million species of life and plant life, all have the same source. We all come from a single source. Everything that lives has its genetic code written in the same alphabet. Unity creates diversity. So don't think of one God, one truth, one way. Think of God creating this extraordinary number of ways, the 6,800 languages that are actually spoken. Don't think there's only one language within which we can speak to God. The Bible says to us the whole time, don't think that God is as simple as you are. God is in places you would never expect God to be. And you know, we lose a little bit of that in the English translation. Um, when when the, in the story of Moses at the burning bush, um, when Moses says to God, who are you? God says three words, Haya Asher Haya. Those words are mistranslated in English as I am that I am, but in Hebrew it means I will be who or how or where I will be. Meaning, don't think you can predict me. I'm a God who's going to surprise you. And one of the ways that God surprises us is by letting a Jew or a Christian discover the trace of God's presence in a Buddhist monk or a Sikh tradition of hospitality or the graciousness of Hindu life. And I actually think in an agnostic or an atheist or a humanist way of being. Don't think that we can find, can define God, whatever, however we may define that, into our categories, into small categories. God is bigger than religion, however we think of God. I don't talk about God much, actually. But I think about what that means. You've heard me say before that some people define God as good orderly direction, how we move in and through and with life, the dance that we do. There are some um, rules of life that a, uh, a bishop offered up. And I wanted to share those with you this morning as we think about connection, community, and commitment. How is it in these days that we stay connected after two years, two and a half years of pandemic living or more, I've lost count, such a time warp the last two and a half years. Um, but how is it that we stay connected? 
And I believe that we st stay connected through relationship. But this bishop offers a um, rule, he calls them rules of life, this, um, the way that we can do that. And one of them is, and we, we those of you who took the spiritual connections class on uh, spiritual practice experience this. And one of them is pray daily. And you can define prayer however you want to. I believe that every breath can be a prayer. So it doesn't necessarily mean for me that I'm going to set aside and I, that prayer looks a certain way, that I'm down on my knees, that I'm um, whatever I'm doing, right? But you get to define what prayer looks like for you. But something daily that reconnects you to yourself, to the deepest part within you, whether or not you can find it on that particular day that connects you to other people and that connects us to all of life, to the larger picture, to the bigger world, to the planet, to the earth, to nature. Daily. It can be two minutes, it can be 10 minutes, it can be an hour meditation, but daily. And then worship weekly. I know some people cringe at that word. I've been told in the last couple of weeks. But weekly, some weekly practice that reconnects us. Because what connection does is it helps us build community. That's why we worship weekly. That's why we come to church, why we come to any religious service. Worship weekly. What does worship mean? What do we ascribe worth to? That's what, that's the derivative, the, the base of that word. What it derives from is what we ascribe worth to. So weekly coming together, making time, to weekly come together with other people to talk about things that are important, to consider matters of importance. And then to serve joyfully. And this could be on a, um, I mean, in our spiritual practice class, it talked about uh, once a month finding a way to serve, to do some sort of volunteer work once a month. But I would say also serve joyfully in this congregation. Serve joyfully wherever you are to find um, the ways that you contribute. We all need a path of contribution that's not just about giving our money, but about giving of who we are back to this universe, back to this earth that nurtures us and sustains us. And then give generously. And this is about money to give of what we have so that, other, so that we are supporting other things and we're thinking outside ourselves. We're thinking about others and we're thinking about this institution that we are part of, that we want to support and choose to support. 
And this is where I think it moves from connection and community to commitment. Because when we're willing to give of ourselves and of what we have and of who we are, it deepens our commitment. And then the next rule of life, according to this bishop, is learn constantly. Always staying open, always being willing to, um, to change our minds, to think that what, we, to understand that what we knew, that what we think we knew with new information, we might have to rethink. We might have to be willing to be changed by these experiences of life and stories that we hear from other people. A willingness to let ourselves be changed. And then to retreat yearly. So to find some yearly thing that we do that takes us out of our normal life and gives us a chance to reflect, to breathe, to ground, to remember who we are. And then I'm reminded of Adrian Marie Brown, whose work on emergent strategy invites us to move at the speed of trust. These practices keep us connected and allow for deeper connection with others and with all that is, the planet, the within us, the between us, the among us and beyond us. And those relationships built through connecting lead to community. We know then that we are not alone, that we're finding hope together and that we are held. Community leads to a deeper commitment to ourselves, to other people, to the planet, to our highest aspirations and ideals, to building the more beautiful world that our hearts know is possible. And yes, a deeper commitment to this church community. Change the word if you don't like the word church. But it's one of the few multi-generational spaces, multi spaces that we have left. And it's wonderful, I think. But this church will be what we make it. And only really what we make it. So I'll leave you with this reading. Andrew Kennedy writes, we come to love a church, the traditions, the history, and especially the people associated with it. And through these people, young and old, known and unknown, we reach out, both backward into history and forward into the future, to link together the generations in this imperfect but blessed community of memory and hope. This congregation will be what we make it. May it be a place where all are welcome as a blessing, where we move at the speed of trust, where the flame of love and justice is kindled, where we are nurtured and healed, where love is the spirit of this church. May it be so, blessed be and amen.